Thank you so much for being here. I, gosh, I'm beyond humbled to get to stand here before you guys and just really share my heart and share what the Lord has done over the last several years, really my whole life. And so he has been so, so good and so gracious and um, he has just been the constant joy in my life. And um, as mentioned, I am uh, a wife to John for, we've been married for 13 years. I have four little kids. Harper is, oh, there we are. Harper is 11. She's in fourth grade. Um, Emery is in, uh, I'm sorry, Harper's 11 in sixth grade. Emery is in fourth grade. And um, Hayes is in kindergarten and first grade. I'm going to get all these kids wrong. I practiced this and practiced this, and this was the thing that stumbled me every time, was how old my children were. <laughs> so <laughs> they're all there, and they're all for mine. <laughs> and as Ruth said, I did know what happened <laughs> and how this, how this works. But Riggs is in kindergarten, and so they have been so much fun. Um, I, we have been members of Houston's First for about 10 years, and we have called this church our home. They've walked beside us in all the different seasons of life, especially through the um, diagnosis of cancer for my husband, and we're so grateful for this community. And so it's just humbling to get to stand here and really just share with you guys. So thank you for being here. Um, as she mentioned, I have, I'm in the beginning processes of founding Perfectly Broken Ministries, and so that has just been super cool to see how the Lord has really um, grown that over the last year and just the vision behind it and just feeling that need that, um, to care for the caretaker. And so you'll get to see through my testimony how that kind of became a passion, um, a passion of mine. I am attending Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, and that has entered in just a little bit of stress. And so it's just funny how the Lord has just taken me through these different seasons, and I just was like, yes, Lord, you're calling me to this. Yes, I'll go. And so um, that has been a new season in my life, a new chapter, and I'm thankful for it. I'm excited to see what God does through it. Um, and so it's just been, it's been a journey, and so I'm thankful to stand um, with you guys. So I would, you know, if you're here, I'm sure that you have been plagued by stress in some way, shape, or form. And I feel like as women and as moms and as um, caretakers and um, through our job and social settings and all the different things that we are called to stress can sometimes creep its way into our life. And so I just want to tell you today that you don't have to be um, a slave to stress, that there is joy, that this idea of stress and joy can actually coexist, that those two can go hand in hand. And so I'm going to lay the foundation kind of for tonight just through my testimony and the ways that God has really walked with me and beside me through these seasons of stress and through just difficult circumstances because life isn't going to get easier from here, right? And so we have to learn how to battle. We have to learn how to battle the enemy, right? Because he's coming to steal our joy. He comes to still kill and destroy. And that's, that's what he's on. That's the mission he's on. And so we have to keep our minds rooted in the Lord and rooted in his word. And so um, just kind of going back to the beginning when I thought through my testimony, and I probably should have started my timer because I could sit here up all day. So just give me like a little thumbs up when it's time. Um, but when I was thinking through my testimony, I really honestly could not remember a time where I didn't know who Jesus was. And um, I grew up in the church, was baptized as an infant, later confirmed, but I always struggled with this idea of whether or not I was truly saved. And it, it kind of began this struggle, this internal struggle that I dealt with through adolescent years up until the first few years of college. And it really wasn't until my junior year of college where the Lord just so sweetly grabbed my attention. And we were, at, it was a group of us at a truth um, 
a truth night at the local Baptist church at the campus that I was attending, and it was in the middle of worship, and I just love how the Lord uses worship, really, in my life to just kind of root me and just ground me back to him. And so it was in a worship song where the Lord just really grabbed me, and he said, hey, you need to follow me. Follow me. Trust me. I'm going to take you on a path, but I need you to trust me. And it just really began kind of that faith journey of just trusting the Lord in all things, right? My husband and I met in college. We graduated. um, We got married and then quickly started a family. At one point in time, we had uh, four kids, ages five and under, which is why I can't remember their names, their ages, who they are, (laughs) or where we're going. And so it was a season. It was definitely a season. I'm kind of coming out of that with the baby being five. Um, But... It, it was a season, and so I kind of joke when I was thinking about stress, I was like, maybe that's when stress started sneaking its way in, you know, being a mom and to four small children and newly married and throwing in all the things of life, but um, no, God's been so gracious, and he's been so sweet to us, and just his timing was perfect in uh, starting and creating our family, and um, he was really preparing me over that seven years of our marriage, that first seven years for what was to come. And it was, it was this faith journey of just trusting him and really trusting him through the ups and the downs. There were many trials that came in our marriage pretty early on, and God was just all the while saying, I need you to trust me. I need you to put me first in all things and surrender it all to me. And he was showing me that he was trustworthy, that I could believe that he was who he said that he was. And time and time again, he was so gracious to show me that. And he was really preparing me for October of 2018 when we shockingly got the diagnosis that my husband had um, a very rare and aggressive form of leukemia. And I love that picture so much because we both walked out on our way to MD Anderson to... um, go to the hospital, and we both walked out in our Difference Maker shirts, and <laughs> we were matching, and we were like, we're just going to roll with it, and so um, it was fun. It was cute. It was definitely a conversation starter in, um, you know, MD Anderson, and so it was a sweet way the Lord was allowed us to get to love on people, even just in the hospital, um, and so this really began. This began the fight, right, the fight, and where faith really took over, because that's a pretty devastating diagnosis. Um, he had a pretty... Um, I would say a pretty, what man would call a pretty grim prognosis, um, but Jesus, right? All the while, but Jesus. I'll never forget, we were sitting in the um, hospital or in the um, doctor's office waiting on this diagnosis, and uh, the doctor came in. We were at Memorial City, Memorial Hermann, and he came in, and he had like a best case scenario and a worst case scenario in his mind of what, you know, what was best case, what was worst case, and he set us down, and he said, this is worst case scenario, and um, he told us he wasn't, he wasn't comfortable treating John and that he needed to get a second opinion at MD Anderson, And so, I mean, which was a great doctor, right, to tell us that he wasn't comfortable with this and that there was a better option. But he left us with these words that of good luck getting in because it's going to take you about three to four weeks and you don't have that time. And I should have walked out feeling defeated and just like the wind knocked out of me, but it was almost like I felt empowered. And it was something that only I could explain was the Holy Spirit because we walked out of there and we got into the car, of course, both devastated and disappointed, but I immediately picked up my phone and I called MD Anderson and I called straight to their leukemia department and I told the sweet lady that answered who I believe was an angel, she was an angel, and she answered the phone and her first words were Jesus after I told her and she said, Jesus, Jesus, okay, Jesus. And she said it over and over and over again. 
And I just love that only God can pull all of this together in his time because we were just worshiping Jesus. Say his name, Jesus. The power, the healing of the name of Jesus. And that was just, I mean, I was a mess back there just listening like only Jesus could put all this together, right? He could put all these pieces together for a time as this. And so we got that diagnosis and, oh, so the lady was saying, Jesus, Jesus. And I said, yes, Jesus, we love Jesus. <laughs> you know, I was like, please help us. And um, <laughs> we're like, please help us, we love him. Um, but she was so sweet and we got off the phone with her and we had, because of Jesus and the power that he has, we got an appointment the next day at 10.30 a.m. because of Jesus. And we were diagnosed, he was diagnosed on a Thursday at 4.30. He went in that next day at MD Anderson at 10.30, and that really began the fight. And so we were grateful, so grateful, because Jesus walks beside us. He walks beside us, that nothing is impossible because of him. And um, it took me to Matthew 19.26, where Jesus says, with people this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. And I just love that verse, and God just really used that in my life, because there were many times where the doctor said it was impossible, right? Aren't there things in our life where we just feel like, this feels impossible, Lord. How am, how am I going to get through this? How am I going to be a mother to four small children at that time? Our youngest was 19 months old. How am I going to do this? And he just kept saying, I've been preparing you for this. Follow me. Keep following and God was just so, so in the details. Everywhere we turned, he was there. He was working all things out for John's good and our family. And it was just, it was just an incredible time of seeing the power of the Lord. So I just want to pause that whatever circumstances you are going through right now, that with God really all things are possible. And I want you to be encouraged that whatever the stress is that's trying to steal your joy that's trying to make you a slave to it, that with Jesus, really, truly, all things are possible. Um, John is in remission, and um, he has been, we have walked through this for the last four years. He's been um, off treatment for a full year. He has been um, miraculously healed by Jesus. I mean, truly, we believe that. The doctors were wonderful. We were so thankful for them. Um, but the Lord just really, he stood, he stood in that gap for us. And he really, he... He was the reason. We truly believe so many times why we got to walk out of that hospital. So God has just been so, so good. And so where do we go from here? So the stress didn't stop, right, after the diagnosis. It didn't stop after John was in remission because life goes on, right? And that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to distract us. He wants us to feel defeated. He wants us to feel hopeless. He wants us to, you know, lack in that joy. But joy really is, there's a difference, and I know Ruth said this earlier, but there's such a difference in happiness and joy. And I think it's important to know that happiness, like I always said in my, I mean, I loved her illustration of Nordstrom's, that is super happy, right? When you walk in and there's something on sale, that's extremely happy. But that happiness is what's happening, right? Like I always put those happiness and happening, it's what's happening in your life, right? The circumstances make you happy. But when the circumstances are not good, right? When they're difficult, when stress enters in, when you get that diagnosis or you get that phone call that's a life-changing, where do you go from there? Because happiness has been gone, right? That's a feeling. Joy actually is from Jesus. Joy is from Jesus. It's that undeniable joy that you can be sitting on the hospital couch with your husband 
and laughter. I love how they said laughter. Laughter was our medicine. We sat there and we laughed so hard in the midst of such awful, awful circumstances, but it was because Jesus was so faithful to show us who he was. And so the difference in happiness and joy, I think, makes a big difference for, you know, for us as we walk through difficult circumstances and stress. And um, also another point to joy is believing that Jesus is who he says that he is. And I think when we walk through hard times, when stress comes in, we really, it's a faith, right? It's our faith that, that grounds us, right? It's the faith in Jesus because we know who he says that he is, that he loves us, that he's never gonna leave us or forsake us, that he stands beside us when things get tough, that he is our joy. And so for me, joy was worship. Joy was worshiping him. It was getting in his presence. It was humbling myself before him and getting in the midst of that worship song and hearing from the Lord. Those were the times in the hospital when I could hear from the Lord so clearly because the distractions of, of the world stopped, right? It was almost like God just pushed a pause button and was like, hey, I'm gonna give you a lot of time with me right now and I want you to soak it all in. And that's what we did. We, we took advantage of that time and we learned that you could still have joy, that you could still have joy, that joy was also getting out of bed that next day and going and joying with my children. It was putting one foot in front of the other. Um, it was, I mean, picking them up from you know, school. That was so much, there was so much joy in just those small little things that maybe I had taken for granted before. Um, I love in James, and I didn't really quite understand this. Oh, and I left it over there. Um, will you grab that little, in my bag, the picture frame of James 1, 2 through 4, where he says, consider it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you encounter, thank you, various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its perfect results so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And I love this verse so much, but I didn't quite understand what it meant. How do you rejoice in all? How do you rejoice in everything? And it was really, God was saying, I need you to rejoice in who I am. I need you to rejoice in the promises that I've given you. And I just think it's so cool. I had bought this actually over a year ago at another conference, and this has just become such a, and this is way before I knew I was coming to this conference to, to get to share with you guys, but it's actually one of Ruth's paintings. And it was the verse of all that I was really writing this over, and then also prior in the hospital room, this verse was the Lord was just like, count it joy, count it joy, right? Because what he's saying is that when we encounter these various trials, it produces endurance to keep going, right? It produces this endurance that we can keep going, you can keep putting one foot in front of the other, because you know God walks beside you, right? You know that he walks beside you, not behind you, he's right there beside you. Just like when I made that phone call into the leukemia department, he was right beside me, and he was giving me those great, sweet little reminders that he was actually there. And so I just thought that was actually kind of cool. It sits on my desk, and um, I was like, that's kind of sweet of the Lord to kind of wrap all that up. It's actually James 1, 2 through 3, and it's her, one of her paintings. And so I just thought that was kind of cool that the Lord would kind of put all these pieces together, again, only like he could do. Um, and so I'm just going to close with Romans 8, 28. And um, this was a verse that... God just always gave to me. And it was another one of those kind of hard verses, right? Like, and it says, and we know that God causes all things to work together for the good 
of those who love God and are called according to his purposes. And he gave me this verse actually the month John was diagnosed. Um, And I remember sitting in there and thinking, gosh, Lord, what good could really come of this? What good could come of this circumstance? This is really hard. There's a lot of stress. I feel pretty weighted down right now. This is kind of, feels a little too much, right? But the Lord so sweetly, as he does, showed us what that verse really meant for our life and what it meant through suffering. And he's not talking about like this worldly good, right? Like worldly good of things that, you know, you lost your job, so you're gonna get a job with more money, which maybe that does happen, but that's not necessarily like the good that he's talking about. He's not talking about the earthly good, but more of just the spiritual goodness, his glory, that eternal, eternity. And, and it was actually the summer after John um, was diagnosed, my daughter Harper gave her life to Christ. And she was actually at VBS and um, at Houston's First. And she told me, Mom, I just felt like the Holy Spirit came over me. And she said, you can trust me with your daddy. And I was like, you know, as a mom, that was like the best words that any that I could have ever heard. And I was like, okay. And she said, and I asked him to come into my heart and be my Lord and Savior. And it was just, that was the fruit, right, of that verse, that God was so good. He was so good. This, my poor sweet little girl had to watch her daddy suffer. She watched on suffer. But you know what? His suffering saved her soul. His suffering saved her soul. Watching her dad suffer saved her. And that gives me the most joy of anything in this world, really. Um, And it's just like I was praying through this and praying through what I wanted to share. And it's like, that's what Jesus did for us, right? Our father suffered for us. He suffered so that we could know him fully, so that we could come to him with all of our stress, all of our problems, that we could have joy even in the midst of difficult circumstances, right? Our father suffered on that cross for us, right? That's what he did. Just like my husband suffered for his daughter's salvation, and that is how Romans 8.28, God can just use all things, right, for good. And so we just have to change our perspective. We have to look for the blessing, right? We have to count it all joy, even in the midst, and just keep our eyes focused on him and just believe that he says that he is who he is and turn to the word, right? We have to turn to this because we know that this is the truth, right? We know that the Bible is inerrant. It's without error. God wrote this. He breathed life into this. We can trust it. We can put it before ourselves. We can hold it above our head. It's our shield. It's our protector. And once we realize that Jesus is who he says that he is, that this word is actually true, we can turn to it and we can read these scriptures and the Lord can use them to help point us back to joy because we know that joy is only found through Jesus Right, joy is only found through Jesus. And so I'm just gonna leave you with just one little last tidbit. It was so hard to sum everything up into 20 minutes. I feel like there's so many wonderful things that the Lord has done and I'm excited um, for what's to come. But just that the key to really finding joy, and I think I've already said this, in the midst of stress and difficult circumstances is really just clinging to your faith and just believing that God is who he says that he is. So thank you all for having me. Thank you.